Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, June 15th, and today, with just over a week to go until the NBA draft, we're taking a closer look at last season's rookies, the guys who got drafted last year, who now become some of the top second-year breakout candidates. So we will talk that coming up, as well as a look at Game 6 of the NBA Finals, which is ahead on Thursday. I'm joined by Dr. A, Jared Johnson. Guys, I, I feel compelled to share that I, for the first time in, I think, two-plus years, played pickup basketball on Tuesday night, and it was glorious. I felt like I was jumping into a cleansing pond of, of basketball-ness. I managed not to get injured. I can barely walk today, but, but great times overall. Nice. I think the fact that you're, you're not injured is, is yeah. key to that whole thing. And then also, yeah. I imagine that if I went out and played some pickup basketball right now, uh, I would not be able to walk for about four days. <laughs> I mean, now, in fairness, we're only about 16 hours removed from when I stepped off the court, and things could still go south. I feel like some things are kind of – there's a little bit delay, delayed injuries that set in. Um, like I, I was in the car earlier, and I got out of the car, and I could barely get out of the car. So it's not all, it's not all great, but it was fun, and uh, – I, I was pleased that some of my old tricks still work, you know, some of the old, some of the old moves, some of the old moves still work. So that was nice. I think I played the last time I played pickup basketball with my friend. Uh, I like blew out my back pretty early on, but just like powered through it and couldn't yeah. walk for like three months. So I'm retired. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, uh, I have retired also. Uh, also somebody else who played some pickup basketball with themselves is a uh, fake clay fake clay got into oh, yeah. the got onto the court <laughs> legend uh, before game five and just balled out for like 10 minutes and then walked back out as he's walking out security figured out that he was not real clay but he got through like he's five permanently layers banned. Of, five layers of security without anybody ever questioning him who he was or the guy that was with him filming the whole thing <laughs> And now he's now he's banned for life. It's it's well it's he can of, drive to Sacramento. It's it's I think that's one of the most worth it bans for life. <laughs> it's kind of sad. I don't know. Is there such thing as a I don't know if there's such thing as a worth it ban for life. I don't know if that well, exists. Well he was in my just mind. being taking shots on the court. It's not like he did anything offensive yeah. at least. I yeah, tweet I tweeted out the video. It's it's long, it's like fifteen minutes long, but it's 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 a good it's a good watch. All right. Before we get into the business at hand. Actually, you know what? Let's save it. Let's save it. We got. We'll we'll save that for later. Um, let's look at Game Four quickly of the NBA Finals before we talk second year breakout candidates. It's coming up on Thursday. Celtics, according to points bet, are four point favorites at home. Jared, game six. Game six. What game did six. I say? Four. Game four. This details, guys. I mean, details. game six, game four. This is really not a difference. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was looking at the Celtics are four-point favorites thing, and I just turned game six into game four. Whatever. It's fine, everyone, okay? I said game four. We all know it's game six. Everyone knows. That was It was partially just a test, and you guys passed with flying colors. Um, Jared, the Warriors, your Warriors are uh, one win away, apparently, from a title. 
got to be pleased with how things went down the last couple of games. I am very pleased. I, I've said Warriors and seven from the jump, so that means they have to lose tonight for me to be right. But I would be absolutely fine with them taking this one in Boston. Um, yeah. At the same time, I don't know. I'm not sure that the Celtics are going to miss all their free throws again. <laughs> I would expect Tatum to play better at home. Um, so I'm not really ready to wave the flag of victory just yet. But, I mean, I think that the Warriors got this. They have two They have two attempts to take this home. So Boston's trying to do something that only Pat Riley's 1988 Lakers did, and that's win three consecutive game sevens to win a championship. Wow. So, first of all, Boston would need to win tonight in Boston, which mm-hmm. it's at Boston. They, they should win this game, um, but it's not guaranteed. And then, uh, then they would have to win at Golden State on Sunday, which that's a totally different story, especially given how bad Steph Curry played in, in game five. Yeah. Uh, the fact the Warriors still pulled that out behind uh, all-star starter Andrew Wiggins. Huge night. Man. And, and a huge series. Really. Everybody's like, oh, no, this is Curry's MVP to lose. It is. But I'm telling you, if Curry struggles one more time and Wiggins plays well one more time, it, it, it's no, gonna, it's no don't crazy. do this again. We're not giving the Andre Iguodala other than Curry. He's getting this by technicality or default. I don't care. We're giving it to Steph if the Warriors win. But I told my son and I were talking there, and I during Game Five, he's like, "How many MVP Finals MVPs has Curry won?" I was like, zero, dude. They gave it to Andre Iguodala. He's like. No, that's that's not possible. When what year was that? <laughs> 2015. Yeah. Oh man. Wiggins has been awesome though. 26 points, 13 rebounds in game 5 and 17 points and 16 rebounds in the real game 4. The rebounds um, have been absolutely the most significant factor here. I remember when we talked ahead of game 4, um Raphael brought up that Rebounding was one of the biggest issues with the, that the Warriors were having. And since that game, uh, Wiggins has come through with double-digit boards two times in a row. He's been absolutely fabulous. He's been basically their second scorer because clay has been off. Poole's been kind of off. Um, he's playing incredible. There's no denying it. And, Matt, we finally got that finals type of feel that we've been looking for in a game for the third quarter but then uh-huh. fourth quarter rolled around and it was another, it turned into another blowout. I'll tell you what, the reason that that turned into a good game in the, in the third quarter is I, I have a recliner right next to my desk. And at halftime I laid down, took me a little siesta. I wake <laughs> up there's seven minutes left in the third quarter and, and the Celtics have hit eight straight three pointers yeah. and totally erased the 16 point deficit and taken a three point lead and I was yeah. like, oh, man, well, now that I'm watching, I'm, I'm sure that that's all going <laughs> to go away. And it, it did. Steve, you're the only guy I know who takes a siesta at the halftime of that game. Most people, most people just go to bed if they're that tired. <laughs> halftime of a late finals game, Steve takes a quick nap. <laughs> well, sometimes You, I, sir, are a vampire. Maybe I had to work, Matt. Maybe I had to write the game up when uh, it was over. Maybe I, I had a responsibility to be here I feel uh, like to, I to the people. Well, I mean, what would the people do if they didn't have a game game five post game blurbs? Some are saying you didn't even have to do those, though. That's the word I'm hearing now from Jared. I'm hearing was it Zach Pond? Yeah, <laughs> caught him, caught him no, in a bold faced lie. No, 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 no. Zach and I miscommunicated. No, 
uh, he was prepared to do it. I was already in the in the seat, strapped in, and uh, he said, "Well, I, man, I just coached my kid's team. I'm tired anyway. If you were oh, okay. tonight, that would be amazing." So, so I actually did those. <laughs> Got it. Okay, so you actually heroically. I did not up need so that to he be could here. get some rest. I did not need to be here, but I wanted to be here. Wow. Wow. All right. So it was a true power nap, Steve. I, I, I applaud you. I applaud Truly. you. For a second there, I thought we'd caught you in a lie, but uh, but no, it looks like you're on the high road here, Steve. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, guys, let's get into why we are here today, and that's we want to look at uh, some of last year's top rookies, talk about their breakout chances or chances of taking a huge leap next season. We obviously have to start with last year's Number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham, who just rounding his stats was around 17 and a half points, five and a half rebounds, five and a half dimes, 1.2 steals, 0.7 blocks, 1.8 threes, high turnovers, 3.7, low field goal percentage, 41.6. Now he's 20 years old. And then when you, when you look at those counting stats, this forecasts a pretty scary ceiling, Jared, even for just this season. I mean, uh, where are you with Cade Cunningham and those two kind of I don't want to call them scary areas of his stat line, but those two areas of concern, how much are those mm -hmm. going to impact you uh, when it comes to drafting this guy? I'm not terribly concerned about a rookie guard shooting 41.6%. Mm -hmm. um, that sounds kind of within the realm of reasonable production. Mm -hmm. and, and just the counting stats were great. Uh, I, I have a column that I put up every year about how successful are rookies. So here's a stat for the first round pick. Love it. Um, they tend to be really reliable. Over the past 19 years, 14 have had successful seasons, uh, but only two players have had first-round seasons, Carl Anthony Towns and Steph Curry. Uh, but the median value of the number one overall pick is 38. So in general, um, it tends to be pretty safe to target number one picks. Looking forward towards next year, I think that Kay will just continue his development. He's showed some really incredible flashes over the second half. Uh, so a lot to like there. I, I really like the fact that he's a good free throw shooter. I really like the fact that he flirted with a block per game at 0.7 as a rookie. Probably not a stretch to think he might be able to bump that up to like 0 0.8, 0 0.9, which is huge. The turnovers, as you said, are high, but they're not they're not death lineup high. They're not they're not so high that that he's going to ruin your team. And uh, I guess the biggest the biggest concern is the the 18 missed games, but you know, the stuff happens. It's the NBA today's NBA. I, I wonder what the average number of missed games for every NBA player. I wonder what the average is. It, it's probably about 10 to 15. I would think somewhere in there. So I mean, yeah, the, the easiest way to do that would probably be to like, look at the starters for a starting point. Let's put, let's put Ryan and his uh, Excel spreadsheet okay. algorithms Ryan. on that. Yeah. Ryan homework assignment. Yeah, Ryan, figure that all out right. for us. All right, we all like Cade Cunningham. No surprise there. I, you know, I don't know that we really have a feel of how high he's going to go in drafts, um, and I don't know that we need to guess. But I think we'd all be willing to invest a relatively early round pick on him, from the sound of things. I think he's fourth round, fourth round player. Third, fourth possibly. Seems fair. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's going to reach for him in the third, probably. But that would be too me. early for me. But probably me. <laughs> I did it. I did it, guys. Uh, another guy, another player that I will definitely be putting into that same 
area of my drafts, and really that applies to the next couple guys we're going to talk about, but the next one on our list is last year's Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes, who averaged 15.3 points, 7.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1.1 steals, 0.7 blocks, 0.8 3s. And we, I recently talked to Raptors beat reporter Josh Lewenberg on the podcast, and the feeling when I was talking to Josh was kind of i think what we would all think is that you know he also sees the ceiling as just being ridiculously high for this guy a very soon to become an early round fantasy player it seems so steve what are your thoughts on scotty barnes scotty don't in year two (laughs) scotty nippa um they did a mean tweets thing uh before the game last night and somebody tweeted it scotty barnes about how young he looks and he's like baby face bro and uh he is so young and and so good, and I, I I've, I'm a, I'm there with you and Josh and everybody else. Like the sky's the limit for this kid. One point eight turnovers, that was awesome. Seventy four games was fantastic. Forty nine percent shooting, like just just shoot your free throws a little bit better, dude, and you're you're good to go. Yeah, for me, the biggest thing with Scotty Barnes was just how he was able to put up all these numbers on that team with so many mm-hmm. different guys around him. Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet. And for a rookie to come in and have a top 50 season on that team is is just incredible. I see absolutely no reason why he wouldn't just continue his ascent in his sophomore season. I mean, I think it would surprise no one if he had a top 25 fantasy season this year, right? And Barnes is a guy that I will – I'll reach for Barnes before I reach for Cunningham. That's an interesting one. It, it is. And I think I that, was actually, that was actually the impetus for this, why we're doing this episode, as I was trying to think that through in my head. I guess that's – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I feel like I, – I was listening, obviously. Doc doesn't like assists, apparently. i think that i'll take Cade's assist i don't know but it's an it's an interesting point i mean scotty barnes is is fantasy gold literally so it's pretty pretty, much no warts it's pretty easy to see cunningham having maybe not quite the season that Lamelo ball had this year but something Mm -hmm. in that neighborhood of like 20.7 rebounds seven assists feels very reachable for Cade cunningham whereas like Scotty Barnes, we're kind of hoping he makes a jump to like, I don't know, 17 points, nine rebounds, four and a half assists or something like that, you know, with all those defensive stats. So yeah, he does everything. can't necessarily go wrong. I like him both a lot. And and this third guy. So here, here's the third guy entering the equation, Evan Mobley, who averaged 15 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, two and a half assists, 0.8 steals, 1.7 blocks. I went on to basketball reference this morning, found that there are three players ever age 20 or younger who had in a season, 15 plus points per game, eight plus rebounds, two and a half or more assists, and one and a half or more blocks. Chris Weber, Kevin Garnett, Evan Mobley. Wow. Uh, age 20 or younger. Wow. So rare air. And, and granted, like you could say, well, Matt, you, you 2.5 assists is kind of an arbitrary cutoff number a little bit. I get that. But that's a lot of assists so. for a rookie big man. So, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Jared, uh, speaking of ceiling, this guy could easily be the best of those three players fantasy wise next year. He would be the guy I'd be most comfortable reaching for just because I'm obsessed with blocks and stuff. But, yeah. I mean, he he had an incredible, incredible rookie run. And just real quick on the number three overall pick, 13 out of 18, uh, sorry, 13 out of 19 successful seasons, median value of 82. So just kind of looking towards this draft, 
uh, the upcoming draft, you, you kind of want to focus on guys in the lottery. Fast forwarding to next year, Evan Mobley, I think this is a guy who I wouldn't be surprised to put up a top 25 campaign. Mm-hmm. Steve, we know you don't like assists, but I think you do like blocks, right? You know, <laughs> this whole me not liking assists thing may be a little out of control. Somebody's listening for the first time like, there's this fantasy guy talking on <laughs> NBC like he hates assists. <laughs> I don't hate assists. I just I'm not obsessed with assists and stuff like like Jared is with blocks. Jared's like, yeah, yeah I'm obsessed with blocks and stuff. I like that. That's blocks and assists, yeah. That's a good. That's a I'm good, with Jared, man. Those are the best. That's a good quote. Blocks and stuff, I, dude. I blocked a shot oh. in my pickup basketball game on Tuesday Oh, it feels night. amazing. Like, my, night is, my night is made. You know, Did what you mean? throw it? Did you throw it in No, the I never. I almost never throw a shot. I'll just like stuff it. It's like <laughs> like I just quick quickly jump and get a hand up there. Just kind of weird little weird blocks. You I know rarely who throw does. Them. You know who do, does throw some shots is Juancho Hernan Gomez in that new uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, spoilers! Spoilers! Oh. Whoa! Yeah, spoilers I haven't seen here. that yet. Well, wow. I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> the star Steve. of the movie is Wancho. He's the guy. <laughs> well, now and we he... know that he's throwing shots right and left. We didn't know yeah. that before. Seven That's feet tall. I was expecting him to get a steal and maybe a yeah. three pointer. I thought assist. Actually, you know, he, assist he averages maybe. like. 0.5 blocks and 10 assists, okay? Perfect. Uh, <laughs> so he's not really my kind of my kind of player. But anyway, back to Evan Mobley. You guys need to see that movie, by the way, so we can talk about it. It's on my list. But we still can't until we feel comfortable that all, a bunch of our listeners have seen it. You know what I mean? We're still in the area where we can't spoil anything. It's the we number one film on Netflix. Everyone in the world except you two have seen it. <laughs> My Not son, accurate. my son is Zach even, hasn't seen it because he had a he was tired last night. He hasn't seen my, it either. My son has even seen it. Uh I love Evan Mobley. The the 1.7 blocks with the 0.8 steals and the 2.5 assists. Uh and the 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 excellent uh field goal percentage. It's it's all good. Just like those just like uh Scotty, he needs to work on his free throw shooting. But other than that, man, there's there's no holes in his game. And I don't even think he played up to his potential last year. Like I think he, we've just scratched the surface. He's gonna he's gonna mm-hmm. be a beast. And point three three pointers. I think we all expect that number to go up as well because he is a guy who will shoot and can make threes. So I think there's a point eight one point oh kind of uh, season or seasons in his future in the near future. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Good times there. All right. That that's the obvious. Uh, to me, there's an obvious tier of second-year breakout guys, and there's an obvious top three, and it's those three, in my opinion. But there are some other intriguing guys, and we're going to talk about them right now. Uh, Josh Giddy was the next guy I wanted to talk about, who would just put up 12.5 points, 7.8 boards, 6.4 assists, cover yours, Steve, 0.9 steals, 0.4 blocks, 1.03s. I mean, he's a, he's a future triple-double machine, right? And I, I think... Any guy who at his age, I think he was 19, was he 19 most he or all of the season? He was one of the youngest guys, yeah. yeah he's most 19 not, right now. Yeah, he's 19 right now. And I mean, I would normally be like through the roof excited about a guy who just did that at age 19. But I think my only concern is the team he's on. And Steve, this thunder, really annoying tendency toward the shutdown. <laughs> and Jonas ha- already has it on our radar that a, another massive shutdown is likely coming for the thunder later this season. So it's really going to affect me when it comes to Giddy. Like that's going to impact where I draft him for better or for worse. Jonas really laid it out there. Like he, he's, he is 
shouting Armageddon for OKC fantasy hopes. And yeah. I mean, that stuck with you. It, it left a, a mark with you. It left a mark with me. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I can't really draft SGA this year. I, I probably can't mess with Josh Giddy, who played 54 games last year. So, mm-hmm. but man, the triple double, like he, he is him and Luca and LaMelo are like walking triple double guys. So draft Giddy early and often and then trade him, trade him at the all-star early, break early and often. Yeah. Jared, are you as worried about this? OKC shutdown? How much is, is this on your radar? Uh, I don't know if I want to just throw away such a talented player for the hypothetical of a shutdown when the season hasn't started. We have no idea. I mean, like, I don't know. To see OKC do that for a third year in a row would be incredibly annoying, I guess. But, like, the skill set from Josh Giddy is really fun to have. And I also don't think he's going to carry as much hype with him um, for the reason that he sat out a large chunk of the season and over the second half, which is kind of, you know, recency bias definitely plays a role when we're drafting. So I like Josh Giddy a lot, and I don't think that his draft price is going to be so high where you'd want to just be like, well, the second half, he's going to get shut down and just completely avoid him. Because mm-hmm. I think that you're kind of batting an eye at a guy with top 50 upside. I think I might have used the wrong expression board. there. <laughs> mm, I, we'll we'll go with it. I got the wrong finals game earlier, so we each have one strike, Steve. <laughs> and Steve kind of lied earlier. Let's be honest. So we've all kind of <laughs> we've all kind of got one strike against us. I like what I just heard, Steve. I'm back on board with drafting Giddy. He he's I'm back until the next time we have Jonas on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need to get with Jonas before I can get back on board. I need to. Okay. I, I don't. I, I need to listen closer and write, take notes about Jonas's thoughts on the Thunder before I can make that decision. Uh, next player I wanted to talk about, guys, is Jalen Green. His rookie yes. year included him ending with. So, so let's talk about the season-ending numbers first. Around seventeen points, three and a half boards, two and a half assists, just point seven steals, point three blocks, but two point three three pointers. And we should add, even though we talked the other day, Jared, about not overvaluing this closing stretch of a season. He was much better the last couple of months, closer to 21 points per game and three three-pointers per game. But my question to you, Jared, I know you're high on this player, is what's his path to areas other than points, threes, maybe a handful of dimes? Are we optimistic about Green becoming a more well-rounded fantasy player in the upcoming season? Are you meaning in terms of steals? Because I don't really think that would happen. But I think steals, that if he... Yeah. I like think what, if he could get up to like, you know, he had 2.6 assists. If he could double that to close to five, I think that's a huge, huge difference there. And just improve his percentages like he did over the second half of the year. He shot mm-hmm. better. I think those are the, the main things. I think this is not a player who's going to get in the top 50 his sophomore year with one steal a game. But I do think it's possible if we're looking at it like a 25-5 guy uh, with two mm-hmm. triples and and better percentages. I really like him. I think that he's in an ideal situation. And we said the last time I was on about how you don't want to overemphasize what happens just over the second half of the season. But I'm not just looking at the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. I saw steady improvement throughout the year, which really came to a head when the game slowed down for him over the second half of the season. So that's the caveat I would give to to him and, and being excited about him next season. Yeah, I'm excited about him too. I I love the the two turnovers in 32 minutes a game. That's that's big for somebody who's going to have the ball on his hands as much as he is. 
I'm kind of with you, Matt. Like, where or where are the other stats going to come from if if it's not points and threes? But there's potential there. I mean, we got to see what happens. I mean, this is going to be a big year for Jalen Green to find out if he can approach five dimes a game. If he can go up to you know five rebounds. If he can steal the ball, he was he flirted with the steal a game. He's never going to be a shot blocker, I don't think. But at mm-hmm. least I don't. You know, 0.7 steals in your rookie season. I I don't think it's that big of a stretch to see that going to going to one. Yeah, and I do think of all the guys we've talked about, he's probably going to be the easiest to draft. I would say, even though he yeah. has a really high real life draft pick, I think fantasy wise, you are probably going to find this guy sitting there in the middle rounds and be able to take a swing on him. Is my guess. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right, we have more names to hit. First, we're going to take a very quick break. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go and download it now. The contests are free and easy to play. And you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs on the PGA Tour and NASCAR circuit. We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. All right. We could go any number of orders. We could go any order here the rest of the way. For whatever reason, the next name I have on my list is, and this is not the guy I have. I will be drafting the highest out of this next group, but I have Jalen Suggs as the next guy I wanted to talk about. Um, Rookie year, he finished around 11.8 points, 3.6 rebounds, 4.4 assists, and 1.2 steals with .93s. If I just told you that, I think you'd say, oh, well, that's interesting. I think I'd like to draft that guy in his second year when he improves on that. But we all know he shot 36% from the floor with three turnovers per game. Steve, it's like... Like I just said, I want to get excited about Suggs because there's potentially some intrigue there, but that 36 has to somehow get into the low 40s, and that's a that's a big jump. I just don't know if it's going to happen. What, what do you think about Suggs? Well, the 21 from downtown <laughs> downtown doesn't really help either, and the yeah. the 77 from the free throw line is not all that fun. Like you said, the turnovers are rough. The scoring was rough. I, I think the potential's there. I. I also, we got to keep in mind that, that Cole Anthony was was hurt for a lot of the season too, right? Mm-hmm. And so so was Suggs. He only played forty eight games. So, I mean, I'll take a late flyer on Suggs, but I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to get sucked into uh, the hype machine if it if it happens. Yeah, I agree 
I, I would be, do the same thing. I, I wouldn't reach for him. Would I take him with a late round pick just for maybe, you know, he can get things together in the second year. But I mean, there wasn't a lot to love about his rookie year, especially the really, really bad shooting. Um, I, yeah. Like how much can that realistically improve over three months? I mean, I don't love it. I don't love it. 36 is a scary number. I mean, let's just let's just say it. Like if it was, like you said, I'm not that worried about Cade Cunningham shooting 41.6, but I mean 36. Right. Is, uh, I mean, Ray for Alston is looking at Jalen Suggs and be like, what are you doing? You know, get you gotta improve that field goal percentage. Next up is Davion Mitchell. And this might be well, I want to hear what you guys think. To me, this feels like that. Be careful of over-evaluating a late-season stretch situation. Jared disagrees, so I'm, I'm eager to hear what you have to say. Last 11 games, 18.8 points, 9.3 dimes, 0.7 steals, 1.43s. There was no De'Aaron Fox during that stretch, Jared, so I think I want to hear what you have to say. What What's your, based on your facial reactions, cause for optimism on Mitchell this upcoming season, given that we project Fox to be there and healthy at the start of the year. I just think this is huge. Wait, was Fox really not there at all? Didn't they play together a little bit at the end of the year? Well, those final 11 games, the stats that I cited where Mitchell really, I, I, I I do think Mitchell did have some notable games without Fox, but his best stretch was with no Fox. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like this kid is has the ability to be a fantasy monster because of his ability to rip away the rock, uh, his ability to hand out dimes. And I just saw, again, this is a situation where the reason I was excited about those numbers is they happened after Tyrese Halliburton's departure. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, if Ivy could really mess this situation up, and if that's what happens, I will be off that train. But I feel like Davion Mitchell has one of – Davion, Davion Mitchell. Uh, I think he has one of the best potential explosions as a sophomore, just for the ability to get more consistent minutes. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, that's going to be a little bit dependent on how Mike Brown utilizes his backcourt. And again, uh, how this draft goes. But I really, really, really like his potential. I was a Davion Mitchell guy last year. I really thought he was going to explode after the trade. After Tyrese Halliburton uh, landed in Indy, didn't really happen right away, and it seemed like it was all dependent on whether Fox was playing or not. So I, I don't really know how I feel about what's going to happen next season, but I feel like if it gets to like round seven or round eight, and Davion Mitchell's sitting there, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. I I like him. I just I just don't love him. We'll go with that. Next on the list is Franz Wagner, uh, who finished up his rookie year in Orlando, 15.2 points, four and a half rebounds, 2.9 dimes, 0.9 steals, 0.4 blocks, 1.23s. I guess I, there's two ways to look at Wagner. For on, on the one hand, I like look at that stat line and I'm like, well, it's solid, but like nothing really stands out. He wasn't really like a big asset in any, any one area. But then again, that's his stat line as a 21 year old rookie. So Steve, I maybe should be higher on him coming off that rookie year. And I know you like him based on our conversation the other day. I just, I just find myself wondering in this case, how high really is the ceiling? How much higher is it than what we saw that first year? You know, I, I really don't know. Um, we're going to find out this year, this year. I, like I said, like I said the other day on Monday, uh, it seemed like he got off to a really great start to the season. And then everything just mm-hmm. kind of 
slowed down as as time went by. I do know that he had that big month in December when he averaged nineteen point five five boards, uh, three assists, and one point four three pointers, and shot forty seven percent. So. He was really solid in December and January. I, I kind of think as long as he does that again um, for the whole season, then then he should be good to go. I, I like him. He seems like it seems like one of those guys, like a glue guy, a fantasy glue guy. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to really hurt you anywhere. He's not going to win you a championship, but he, he he'll be, he'll be on you know every every league he'll be drafted in. I like him. I'm terrified of Orlando. I'm terrified of every player in Orlando. I just don't know. I need yeah. I need to see free agency. I need to see how this draft shakes out before I'm really making any declarative declarative statements about these guys. I like that, Jared. And it, Matt, if you could just refrain from asking me or Jared any more questions about Orlando players <laughs> until okay. next season, that would okay. be, that would be just great. Okay, perfect. Well, the next guy I want to talk to you about is an Orlando player. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. Um, Jonathan. Okay, Isaac. that's fair. I, I can, uh, I can try to abide by that. It, no, it's going to be, it's going to be tricky actually because they do have the number one pick in the draft, which is next week. So, uh, we're probably going to talk about them. But we're going to have to talk about them. Uh, all right, just three names left to hit, and the next one is one Alperin Shangoon of the Rockets. Ooh. As you guys know, we waited, we waited. We continued waiting. We stashed him. We continued stashing. He actually did. I look back. He actually did have a pretty productive finish when you just look at the whole complete picture. I just highlighted his last 15 games. Finished with 12.4 points, 7.5 rebounds, 3.1 dimes, 0.9 steals, 0.9 blocks, 0.63s over those last 15. Is someone's cat tearing yeah. up there? What is happening? <laughs> I, heard I feel like Jared is being attacked by vampires or something. That, that cat was a big, big, big Alper and Shangoon. Actually stashed Alper and Shangoon in multiple leagues and was just like waiting. Um, anyhow, Jared is going to be back. <laughs> Jared looks like he's back. Jared, are you okay? Did you not my get... cat. I just want to make that clear. I do not own a cat. but <laughs> Your dad's cat. Um, it's fine if you do have a cat, Jared. I'm I mean, allergic. That's like a... Oh, well, then it's not fine. You're, you're allergic <laughs> and it, it was disrupting our show. But I was saying to Steve, I just thought it was Alpern Shangoon related opinions that the cat was trying to express. Anyhow, Shangoon, yeah. Shangoon. Let, let me just finish my, my yeah. thought here. This is coming your way, Jared. So the, the caveats are, number one, Christian Wood's still there, right? He's been yeah. mentioned as a p- potential trade candidate. But the Rockets also could very easily add to that front court in this co- upcoming draft. I think we expect them to, as of right now, unless they were to, I don't know, go off the board, not off the board, but take Jaden Ivey or something instead of, you know, Paolo Bancaro. But I mean, as of right now, we expect another front court player there. It just makes me worry, Jared, not about the player at all, but just about the situation. No, I hate a situation. I don't think it's great at all. Um, I mean, if Christian Wood is there, and like I was not one of the people that was waiting for him last year. I was like, Christian Wood's there. It doesn't make sense to shut him down. I, I don't know. And it, like you said, this is this is similar to Orlando, where they're gonna probably add another big. Like, not great. Not really looking forward to. He's not a guy that I'm targeting as of right now. It's funny that Jared's cat turned into a Jared's dad's cat turned into a vampire <laughs> and attacked him. Right as uh, <laughs> we, we brought up. Alperin Shengun's name because perhaps no player in the NBA was a more 
a frustrating figure for for us at NBC Sports Edge. I mean, so many of us were like, yeah, he, he can't fail. He's going to be great. And then you look at these numbers, man. I mean, Matt, you can talk about he may have finished up sort of okay the last two or three games of the year, whatever. Nine, no, more than two or three. 9.6 points. 9.6. 71% free throws. Five and a half boards. Didn't even get a block a game. Boo. It was it was excruciating. Excruciating. Yeah, okay. And, and That's fine. I, I'm okay. so scarred by this that I, I am out. I think you're fully... I, I think you're looking at it the wrong way, though, because you're blaming the player. It was the player's role. His his per 36-minute numbers are close to 17 points per game, 9.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 1.4 steals, 1.6 blocks. And he was... He is still 19 years old. This guy is an absolute monster waiting to happen who just has a bad role. So it's fine to be out because of the role. I'm just saying don't don't treat this like the player is not good because this guy. I, I agree with that. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying no, the Steve minutes are there. Steve said he's terrible. Uh, is that what he's saying? Uh, he, he's saying Steve? Terrible. No, he was he was not used the way that I would have used him by Stephen Silas, and it's go. just like our guy Chris Bosch Boucher. <laughs> oh, oh, and by the way, the NASCAR guy's name is Busher Busher. Uh, yeah. Chris Boucher and Nick Nurse in Toronto. It's the same thing. Like play the guy, and the, the frustrating thing to me about Shangun and Stephen Silas is even when he had an opportunity to play Shangun. He didn't over yeah. and over and over and over again. And it's just like, you know, what's what is going to change this summer that that's going to turn that around next year, especially if uh, what's his name? We already Christian talked about Wood. Yeah, Christian Wood. If Christian Wood's back. What's going to change? Nothing. And Paolo's come out. I mean, there's there's just like so many different things that are going wrong for him in terms of fantasy yeah. hoops. Right. I think he's a fine player. Now watch he'll come out and be an all star this year. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's still. I mean, again, those. Uh, there's some serious potential here. It's just you know the situation is is a mess. Chris Duarte had his moments as a rookie. You know, it's tricky though. Again, the situation I think comes into play here. Might be blocked at the start of the year by veterans. There, we do know that Malcolm Brogdon can't stay healthy. That's one potential path for Duarte to get out there. Brogdon also could be traded in theory. Steve. Is Duarte on your radar as like an end of draft kind of guy at this point? If you were drafting today, which you're not, I, I would I would take a flyer on Duarte, Duarte at the end of my draft. Depends on who yeah. else is there, but he, he meets all the criteria. He's young, even though he's old young. He's old um, young. Yep. He's old young. He's like six years older than Alperin Shangun, I think. <laughs> which is that's pretty wild to think about, and it, it also is going to depend on his role because he's got he's got some competition. You know, Buddy Heald being there doesn't doesn't help his situation at all. Um, so, but late round, last round flyer, I I would take Duarte. Yeah, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, and Malcolm Brockton are the problems here. Without right. those guys, we, I think we'd all love them. But the opportunity is doesn't appear to be there at the moment. And we kind of saw him struggle to take advantage in a crowded backcourt uh, last season. So I, I would take a late round flyer because we saw the flashes, but uh, wouldn't reach for him. 
Let's end with one Jonathan Kuminga, whose season stats really won't blow you away. He did over his final 31 games, which is just the uh, the stretch that I happened to select. It was around 13 points, four and a half rebounds, one and a half assists, 1.03s, 0.5 steals, 0.5 blocks. Jared, I'll ask you this first because you're the Warriors guy. First of all, are you capable of being rational when it comes to Kuminga's fantasy potential? And if so, I mean... I'm just trying to get a, get my mind wrapped around how high the ceiling is because we know he's a, he's an awesome athlete and he did this at 19 years old. But like, I don't know what what's it what's it look like for you uh, as you project ahead to year two? Uh, it's tough because we still don't know how James Wiseman fits into this team. And I think a lot of minutes opened up for him because James Wiseman wasn't there. They do. There's, this team is loaded in forwards. Wiggins is going to be back. Draymond's mm-hmm. still there. I guess if Otto Porter leaves, that would definitely open up. So I guess that's kind of where it'll be, how this team looks. Right. But if they if they cut some of the forwards, there could be enough minutes there. I mean, the kid is uber talented, uber athletic. Uh, we've seen him put up quality fantasy numbers, but it's it's just about how does he get those minutes in order to be able to put up these numbers. Right. That makes that's sense. That's the thing. So 17 minutes a game. Uh, without James Wiseman around, even with Kuminga flashing these signs of greatness. Like, I love this kid. I I am extremely fired up about Kuminga. I just don't know. I don't know when he's going to get a shot at 30 minutes. A lot of people are saying this is the last hurrah for the Warriors. Like, maybe they go out and win the championship on tomorrow or Sunday, and then they kind of – blow things up and start start reworking from the bottom up. Um, shaking his head. <laughs> and I'm not saying that break up the team, but Kuminga needs to play for this team. I don't care how you do it. I don't care. I don't need to see Kevon Looney out there playing big minutes every night. I don't really care about James Wiseman. I want to see Kuminga play. I Can he get 25 minutes a game next year? If he gets 25 minutes a game, his numbers are going to be stellar. So I'm I'm probably going to reach for Kaminga next year. Is what interesting. All right. Well, before we go, Steve, the other day you declared yourself or slash reminded us that you are a big birthday guy. You love birthdays. You love to celebrate birthdays. You went out and bought some party supplies after the podcast. And I just did a little research right now during the podcast. Realized that we had some big birthdays this week. First of all. Chris Duarte turned 25 two days ago on June 13th. Second year, second year NBA player, Chris Duarte just turned 25. Uh, RJ Barrett and Gabe Vincent had birthdays yesterday. Alex Len and CJ Alby will have birthdays tomorrow. Steve, for those listening, has just put a party hat on his head. He's got There's a party no pipe. There's He's got no a party horn. pipe. It's just a pipe. It's not a party horn. He's got a party pipe, party one pipe. of the things that you blow into, and it's supposed to make a noise. It's just... <laughs> It's just coiling out and recoiling without the horn. I don't, think I don't think these are party horns, Matt. I think these are party pipes. Party pipes. He's he's got the red hat. He's we should know he's placed the birthday hat on his head. It fell off because he didn't strap it on. To his these head. are eight fancy fringed blowouts. Blowout. Blowout. It should make a noise. Is yeah. that that I'm, noise? I'm not no, it's it's, it's far pipe. less interesting if it's not making the noise. Come on, let's get another party pipe in there. Steve, that one's Chris. And RJ and Gabe and Alex and CJ. <laughs> Steve, can we try to get the hat the hat around your chin? Because it keeps falling. 
Well, this is the problem is I've got these gigantic. Let's just uh, see what happens. On. I just want to try before we go. You want to see if it's the string snaps? Oh, look at that. Uh, yeah. Boom. Oh, hell yeah. Beautiful. Now you're good to go. <laughs> Dude, now it's going to come shooting down across my picture. face. It's going to whip coming. up and hit your nose, that strap. It's Steve, for next time, by the way, fantastic job getting those supplies. Do you think we could try to get one that makes a horn sound for next week? Yeah, I'll head back out. Um, yeah. <laughs> head back out <laughs> into town, see what I get. Let me try another one, make sure that that wasn't a Could have been effective. Uh, yeah. Blowout. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> you just blew into the... I think you hit your mic there. <laughs> Yeah, you're hitting your mic somehow. That's all we got. I, I, they're just right. blowouts. They're not horns. Yep, definite, definite blowouts. All right, well, that's uh, the birthday celebration for today. That is the end of the episode. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We'll be back on Friday. More to talk about, possibly with the NBA Finals concluded or headed to Game 7. Steve, Jared, thanks, guys. I enjoyed this, and I'll talk to you soon. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.